welcome to the podcast of the Vine Church in Fullerton, California. For more information, visit thevineoc.com. Amen. Well, hey, good morning again. Hope you're doing well. Great to see you. Um, I was trying to think of something clever to say to kind of, you know... <laughs> break the ice, but I think I used all my jokes last week, and I realized I'm Swedish. I, I only get so many jokes per year, and so I think I kind of overshot it last week, but um, you know, in all seriousness, in all seriousness, it's great to uh, be with you. Uh, it is a new year, 2020. I still can't believe it. Uh, it's a new season, and, and so you might wonder, what is God doing in this season? Something I've been thinking about and kind of processing and, and, and praying about. And, and what I believe is that in this season, that this is a time which God wants to bring growth in your life, uh, in mine, but not just for us personally, also for our church, that he wants to bring growth in our church, but not even just for our church, but even more, more broadly, even in this region, I believe that God wants to bring his kingdom in, in a deeper way in this time. And, and so you might wonder, well, what does that look like? Well, it's an important question to ask because if we don't have our expectations properly attuned to what God's up to, we can miss what he intends to do. And so last week we began looking at some parables of Jesus where he's talking about the kingdom of God and what that looks like when it comes and when it moves among a people, what it looks like when there's growth in the kingdom of God. Uh, now just, I, I know that might be language if you're new to the church, if you're new to the ways of Jesus, that might be unfamiliar language. So just briefly I'll say a word about what the kingdom of God is. And so to say the kingdom of God, that presupposes that there's what? <laughs> that there's a king, right? Namely, that's God. And so he's not only a savior, but he's also a king. And we sometimes lose sight of that. But God is a king, uh, and, and he has a kingdom. Uh, and, and, and that means it's kind of, there's kind of a scope of his rule and reign. Uh, Dallas Willard describes this as the range of God's effective will. In other words, this is where what God wants done is, is done. So that, that's God's kingdom, and that also presupposes there are people who kind of live under that kingdom, under that influence, under that rule and reign, okay? And so we're kingdom people. But, but the good news that Jesus proclaimed is that God's kingdom had come through him, in part. Now, again, in part, not in its fullness, and so there's this reality that theologians describe as the now and not yet of the kingdom of God. In other words, the kingdom has come, but it's also still coming. That it's come, but it's not yet here in its fullness, okay? And so we're going to see this dynamic, this now and not yet dynamic in play in, in these parables we'll read in or look at in uh, a moment. But you have to understand that for Jesus' original audience, and sometimes we kind of skip over that, but there was an original audience hearing these words before we did, right? And so for this original audience, these were Jewish people, they had this expectation of the coming kingdom of God. And this is something they longed for, something they, they hoped for, something they, they prayed for, because this was a time when, when God would come and move in power and bring healing and hope and restoration and deliverance. And so they longed for that. And there are promises about that. And we read one of those earlier this morning. 
But here's what's ironic is that here's a people, they were longing for the kingdom to come. So imagine people like us this morning, we just saying, God, we welcome your kingdom. This is the, they, were, they were probably singing that earlier this morning. And, and yet here comes Jesus and, and so many people miss it's coming. They just, their expectations, just their assumptions just set them up to miss the coming, the growth, the movement of God's kingdom in their lives and in their midst. Uh, and so, for example, they had an assumption, and in some ways I can understand how, how they would have this, that, that, that when God's kingdom came, God's a powerful God, he's the king. So when the king shows up, guess what? That's going to be big. It has to be big. It's going to be dramatic. It's going to be spectacular. And they assumed it would all be instantaneous, that it would all sort of happen at once, and they just kind of get to sit back and watch it all unfold. I mean, let's get some popcorn. This is going to be awesome, right? But, but into this context where there are many mistaken assumptions, Jesus speaks these parables. And if you weren't here last week, you can listen online. I explained a bit about parables. I'm not going to take the time to do that today. But they're like stories. And, and, and there, there are two in particular we're looking at today, famous parables, the parable of the mustard seed and the parable uh, of the yeast. And, and they go closely together. And, and through these parables, Jesus is trying to give his first hearers and us a clear picture of what the kingdom of God is like and what growth looks like in the kingdom of God. And in the process, he is actually going to subvert false narratives that they had, and I think that we have, about what that looks like, okay? But what the kingdom looks like, what growth looks like, uh, he's going to actually lay alongside that just a, a true narrative that's going to actually blow apart everyone's understanding who's hearing this. So, so, so what we're talking about, again, is growth in, in the kingdom. And there are three things we're going to see today, and you can put the slide up. And just by way of preview, uh, the first is the size of kingdom growth. The second is the speed of kingdom growth. And then finally, we're going to talk about the potential of kingdom growth. So the size, the speed, and the potential. So the first thing we see in these parables is the size of kingdom growth. The size. Now, if you look at these stories, the, the, really a key feature is this, this idea of size. And again, Jesus' audience was expecting the kingdom when, that would came, when it came, when there's that kingdom move, that there would just be big, it would be kind of splashy, you couldn't miss it, uh, and that that's how you would know that the kingdom would come, that that's how you would know that God was on the move. Uh, but again, in that context, Jesus says something very surprising. And so we read this again, Matthew 13. I'll read verses 31 and 32 again. And if you have a Bible, you can follow along, or you can follow along on the screens. Matthew 13, 31 through 32. He told them another parable. So this is the, the third in a series of parables. He told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed. Again, they were expecting big. They are expecting dramatic. Yet Jesus says the kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed, which a man took and planted in his field, though it is the smallest of all seeds. Note that. And note how shocking this would be to his audience. The smallest of all seeds Yet when it grows, it is the largest of garden plants and becomes a tree so that the birds of the air come and perch in its branches. So again, his, his original audience, they would have expected that when the kingdom came, when there's growth and there's movement in and through and of the kingdom of God, that it would be big, it would be dramatic, you couldn't miss it. Yet here he says that the kingdom of God is like a mustard seed, a mustard seed. Uh, you can put the photo up, I think, if we have that. 
Yeah, I mean, that's, that's a mustard seed. It's so tiny that the kingdom starts, that the kingdom growth actually starts in seed form. And that applies to our lives personally. That applies to churches and movements of God and, and culture and society. Uh, that it actually starts in, in seed form. And just look at how tiny that is. It's surprising, right? Yet Jesus is saying that the kingdom of God is like that when it starts. It's like that. When there's a move of God's kingdom, when there's growth in the kingdom, it starts just like that little tiny seed. Now, Jesus, uh, Jewish audience, they had theological reasons for assuming something different. That would just, again, be big. It'd be, just be dramatic. Uh, we have our own reasons, which, which are actually more cultural uh, in, in origin. And, and just if you just reflect on our culture for a moment, that we are sort of obsessed with big, right? Bigger, better, right? Bigger house, bigger car, b- bigger whatever it is. So for example, when I was a kid and, and I would go to McDonald's and they would ask, would you like small, medium, or large? I would say, uh-uh, supersize me, right? No, supersize me. I want big. I want bigger. What's the biggest thing you've got? Supersize me, right? And that's just kind of, that's kind of our cultural MO, right? Bigger is better. Uh, but not only do we tend to think that bigger is better, we also look down on the small. If there's something small, we think, well, what's that? Like, what use is that? Like, what value is that? Something small. That just seems so insignificant to us, right? But Jesus is, is like saying, hey, look, if that's how you're thinking, you will miss the kingdom of God. You will miss it when it starts to break out in your heart, in your midst, in your city, wherever you are, you will miss it if that's how you're thinking. And this is so important because these cultural assumptions can actually just slip right into our theology without us even really realizing it. So for example, I have a pastor friend, we got coffee, I think it was last week, and he was sharing how sometime, I think this was recently, that uh, someone, kind of an acquaintance from his denomination came uh, to visit his church, and afterward, you know, they had a little conversation, and, uh, you know, so this guy who's a denominational leader said, you know, hey, you know, this is a church plant, you know, hey, you know, solid church, you know, s- solid worship, and, and, and uh, solid preaching, but just, I just have a question, and I said, sure, and he said, uh, why aren't there more people here? And, uh, you know, I mean, there can be a place for that kind of question, you know, but it, it seemed to my friend to imply that like there's something like I don't know that like um, that, that 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 there's something kind of wrong that, that that if the kingdom growth was happening that this, no that this would be big right if God was doing something it would be big and, and so often we we assume that but but not just about ministry but also about uh, our own lives personally you know and I think we've been trained in our culture to only pay attention or to value the spectacular. So what do you post on Instagram or what do you, you know, write about or what, do you, you know, it's like, well, this is the big thing, you know, right? And, and so we've almost been trained to just like dismiss anything. It's not just like spectacular. If I'm not doing something spectacular, like right now, like, watch, what am I doing with my life? Uh, am I a failure? I didn't do something spectacular today, you know? And so there's this pressure we feel that we, we carry that we, I don't just culture puts on us, but it, what I want you to catch is that slips into our relationship with God. It slips about how we just, we, we think about our entire lives. And, and so Jesus is speaking into that and he's saying, gosh, you, you've got it all wrong. Actually, the way the kingdom starts is in seed form. Something as small as that little seed we had up on the screen a moment ago. And, and this is like the size of like a flea. I mean, this is so little. I mean, just the smallest of, of the seeds that would have been planted in, in, in Israel 
at this time. And therefore, this is something that is so easy to overlook. If I had one of those seeds on my finger and I just were to kind of just drop it, would anyone notice that on the ground? You're walking by. You, you wouldn't, right? And that's kind of Jesus' point, that you kind of have to have eyes to see. You kind of have to have ears to hear to be perceptive to God's kingdom movement in your life. It just, it, this is something that is actually easy to miss. You have to kind of train your eyes for being observant of the kingdom God and growth of the kingdom in your life and in your midst. So easy to miss. And even think of Jesus' ministry, right? I mean, who's this guy? What seminary did he go to? How many Instagram followers does he have? Wait, and how many connections do you have? Like, what kind of power and influence do you have? I mean, you're a carpenter's son? Like, what? Like, who, who's this guy? You, he's, you know what? You don't even have a home? He said, the son of man has no place to lay his head. You don't even have a home? You don't have a building? You have, like, a big, fancy temple or something? Like, what? Like, who's this guy? Again, the kingdom came, even in Jesus' life, in seed form. It is so easy to miss. We, we so often look for the wrong thing. We look for the wrong thing. So that's why Jesus is telling this parable. But you have to understand that, that God ways, they haven't changed. That Again, kingdom growth starts in seed form, and it starts in the small things, and therefore uh, it can be easy to miss. And, and so, just again, just, just to make sure we get this, that if we're only looking for the spectacular, if we're only looking for the big, God can do that too, trust me. But if we're only looking for that, we can so easily miss what God is doing. And, and, and what he wants to do, I think, in this season uh, and so, again, the invitation is to sort of retrain our eyes to notice that kingdom growth and, and to thank God for it, to bless it, to join in to whatever that is, and to welcome it in our lives. Um, and uh, just maybe give us just a sense. I mean, because you might think, okay, that's a little abstract. Just maybe just to put some flesh on it. So, um, you know, again, someone might walk in here and think, oh, well, it's a small church. So, eh, you know, what's going on here? You know, but like I can, tell, I can tell you like every week there are like these little seeds of the kingdom I see like bubbling up. Like just like most weeks in here, just like I see people in tears. Sometimes people are weeping. You're like, some people don't even know why. I don't even know why. But it's like what that is, that's like the Holy Spirit. He's like actually watering seeds of hope and life and, and encouragement. So there's just these little things. And you might think, oh, you might be, you just might not even notice that, like whatever that was. But no, like that's actually the Holy Spirit at work watering those seeds and bringing life and hope and transformation. And so the kingdom with Jesus came and is present among us, but again, it begins in seed form. So we're invited to sort of be on the lookout, to be on the lookout, to be on the lookout. Um. So that's really the first thing. The kind of the first thing we see is the size of the kingdom, and and what we see here is that it actually starts in seed form. It's God's God's at work. His kingdom growth starts and happens in the small things. But the second thing we're going to look at here is actually the speed of kingdom growth. What is the speed of kingdom growth? I don't know if I had like a radar gun, uh, <laughs> what that would be. Uh, but um, but really, again, the expectation of Jesus audience was not just that when the kingdom came that it would be big, it was also that would be instant, right? That would be fast. That would just be so rapid. And again, we, we actually tend to think the same thing, right? And for our own reasons, not for theological reasons typically sometimes, but more for cultural reasons. Um, you know, we live in a very impatient culture. Therefore, uh, we, we think God must be as impatient as we are, right? And so if, you know, like things don't happen in our time frame, uh, which is pretty short, uh, then we get, you know, pretty confused and, 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 and uh, frustrated. Yeah, that we saw uh, just 
random thing on this. I saw a study of people's kind of attention span and their patience levels, and they measured like how many seconds loading a web page or how many seconds of like uh, a Netflix video loading up before people just absolutely lose it and just get so like, ah, what's going on? What's wrong with the world? You know, three seconds to load a video. Like, what is wrong? Is there a God? You know. <laughs> But seriously, no, these studies were, were just shocking that people just like in a matter of seconds, people just, they absolutely lose it. But again, that can just slip into our spiritual life. It's not just technology. It just trickles into our hearts and impacts our everything, including our relationship with God. And, and, and so again, so often we have this instant expectation, but what these parables are telling us is here, here's the speed of God's kingdom, that God's kingdom grows gradually. It grows gradually. For example, Scripture says that of Jesus, that of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. That's in Isaiah 9. But you see, it doesn't come instantly. It comes gradually. And that's really the point of this second parable. Let me read this again. Matthew 13, 33 says this, the kingdom of heaven is like yeast that a woman took and mixed into about 60 pounds of flour until it worked all through the dough. Now, now that is a lot of flour. That is a lot of mixing. And this is not like industrial strength KitchenAid mixers going on. This is by hand. So what that means, this is a process. This is a gradual process. Jesus is saying that growth in the kingdom of God and growth of the kingdom of God is actually a gradual process that applies to you and me as individuals, that applies to churches, that applies to broader movements of God's kingdom in the world. It is a gradual process. And, and I think most people are on the look uh, on the lookout for kind of the suddenly of Acts chapter 2, when it says that, that the Spirit you know, came suddenly. And that can happen, by the way. Uh, kingdom breakthroughs can happen. They do happen. I've experienced that. I pray for more. I, I pray for that all the time. But what you have to know is preceding almost every breakthrough of the kingdom of God is years of faithfulness in the small things. Years of faithfulness in, in, in just the smallest things of life, the humble things, the hidden things, the things you don't post on Instagram. Unless you're like super ironic and moody. <laughs> Or you're like trolling Instagram. Here's my day, you know. Um, so, <laughs> but again, that's what is on the, what leads up to and precedes and sort of the backdrop for those moments of breakthrough. Again, those happen, we seek that. But really the, the backdrop is the faithfulness in the small things. And think of just in scripture, so many stories like this, Anna and Simeon waiting for years for the Messiah to come. The breakthrough came. But that was preceded by years of waiting, of faithfulness in the small things, in the humble things. Uh, Zechariah and Elizabeth, Hannah, I mean, we could go on and on and on. All these stories in scripture that make this point. So the size that we've seen, the size of kingdom growth it is small beginnings. The speed is a gradual process. But, but here we run a danger because you might hear this and think, well, oh, that's, that's, that sounds kind of weak. Like, really? Like, that's disappointing. No, but, but you would be really mistaken if that was the conclusion you came to. So let's talk about the potential of kingdom growth. And it's surprising because, again, you think small beginnings, gradual process, what's going to come of that? Well, some amazing things. Now, this is counterintuitive for us as Americans. We just, again, this is not how we think. But, but uh, Jesus has some important things to say here. I'll, I'll start with an, just kind of an illustration. So if you've ever been walking down the, the sidewalk and then all of a sudden, maybe you're on your phone, all of a sudden, like, like you almost fall. Why? 
because it's like one part of the, the, the concrete was like at one level, then the next part was like up a foot or two higher than that. Because there's like some root, there's something organic underneath it. Some gradual process that's pushing that concrete up. Now think about this. If, if, uh, if, if, if a, like an 800-pound concrete slab and a little seed were to kind of get into a head-on collision, who wins? <laughs> the concrete slab wins every time. But what happens if you plant just a seed either next to that concrete slab or maybe under it and somehow it gets the water it needs, it's in the right soil, what happens? Well, you give it some time and guess what? That seed, the organic gradual growth will actually lift and break and crack that concrete that seemed like insurmountable. That is the power of this gradual kingdom growth. That is the power to break through things that seem impossible. That is actually the power of kingdom growth. It's like this massive uh, kind of e- expansive um, exponential growth and power that's, that, 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 that comes through this. And so again, it's surprising, but that's actually the potential of this kingdom growth. Although it starts small, though it's gradual, nonetheless, Jesus says it's, li- it's like a mustard seed. And over time it grows and it even it just transforms into this like huge tree that he says gives shelter to the birds of the air. And, and I, I love that image, by the way. And this is drawing on some prophetic imagery from the book of Daniel and the book of Ezekiel. But I just, I just love that, that imagery. And when we were first planning this church, we felt like the Lord gave us many words about that this would be a place of safe harbor and refuge. And that's really what we want to see, that through God's kingdom at work among us, this would be a place where people kind of can find rest for their souls and kind of refuge from the storm and just really find rest in the shade of God's kingdom. And that's really what, what God wants to do. Just, but again, it starts with this small little mustard seed and grows into this, when it's all said and done, it's going to be this huge tree that gives rest and, and shade to the birds of the air. It's just this beautiful, beautiful picture. It's an image of tremendous growth. And, and we also see that in the parable of the yeast. And, and, and here, Jesus says, the kingdom is like yeast that gradually grows and just works through and permeates like just all this, like again, 60 pounds of dough. And not only does it permeate it, but it actually brings change. It activates the flour and the water to become something totally different, right? It just kind of changes the, the surrounding environment. That, that's just this little bit of yeast. And, and so through both of these parables, Jesus uh, is saying that the kingdom is, is like a tiny thing that looks insignificant, but that when it grows, when it's activated, it changes the surrounding environment. That, that, that really is the potential of kingdom growth. Again, the birds there will rust in the branches or that the 60 pounds of dough will be transformed. This is what kingdom growth is like. And one day, God's kingdom will work all the way through society, all the way through culture, and it might be imperceptible at times, but it is Im- unstoppable nonetheless. And that is the, that is the potential of kingdom growth. I'll just share one way we've seen this historically. I uh, read uh, a book by a guy named uh, Rodney Stark, who's a, a sociologist of religion. And when he started this research, he, as I recall, he wasn't even a, a believer. But he was trying to understand how Christianity went from like this little tiny, fringy little group of people to basically like overtaking the Roman Empire. Like, think about this. I mean, if you haven't studied this, this is actually, it's just profound. You know, think of Day of Pentecost, uh, there's 120 people in a room. Became heavily persecuted. Somehow, took over the Roman Empire. How did that happen? How did that happen? So that was he. And think about this again. Heavily persecuted. Let's say you were to start a club and say, "Hey, do you, do you want to join my club?" 
uh, uh, let me tell you about it. By the way, there's this other club, uh, and they want to kill us. Would you like to join my new club? It's not a good sales pitch. It just isn't. So how, again, you start thinking about these things, like how did this happen? How did this happen? And so he goes through all, the, all, all, the, all these things and, you know, some statistics. So in 80 to 100, 1%, again, you went from 120 people. So this is significant. Just this right here, 80 to 100, 1% of the Greco-Roman world were followers of Jesus. That, that is actually very significant. It's a huge jump. But fast forward 100 years, uh, 17% of the Greco-Roman world at this point then, is Christian. Another huge jump. But then, by the year 400, for a lot of reasons, it's around 100%. Like, what? Like, what? That is like the power of this seed, this kingdom seed. When when it's unlocked, when it's unleashed, it just has this exponential power. It looks insignificant. It starts small. It's gradual. But when it's unleashed, it's like, wow. That is the power. That is the potential of kingdom growth. And so, just in light of that, just a little bit of application. So, whenever... Someone says uh, that, you know, says to, you know, our culture, you know, we just uh, go into hell in a handbasket, can't be reached, or, you know, those millennials, they can't be reached. Just don't believe it. (laughs) Don't believe it. We have kingdom seed that has exponential power for growth, for life change, for hope, for transformation, for breakthrough. And that's what we've been given. And that is what we carry as followers of Jesus. So may we walk with hope in our hearts. May we walk with confidence and joy in our hearts. We carry kingdom seed. Just one more illustration. Um, there's, and this is related, but um, there's, there's a lot of naysaying right now about, you know, where the church is headed in, in America, where our culture is headed. And I get that. There's some very bad uh, trends and, and trajectories. And if you start tracing that, it's like, wow. Yeah, if, if, if this just kind of goes on just as it is, yeah, that is very concerning. And so I totally get that. But what I disagree is with this sort of the pessimism that that can't change. I completely reject that. Uh, just to illustrate, I wish I had time to talk more about this, but if you could put up the Time Magazine, the first, there we go. So this is the cover of Time Magazine 1966. What does it say? Is God dead? And that wasn't just a cheeky kind of provocative thing. That was actually a live question being bantied about. And so I, I read a kind of a summation, kind of a retrospective summation of what was happening culturally at this time. And this is in Time Magazine. It says this, in 1966, it wasn't so easy for Americans to believe that a beneficent God was actively steering the lives of man. This is in a gender-inclusive sense. After years spent battling evil abroad, American Christians watched as godless communism drew its sinister curtain across the globe. So, so there was this narrative unfolding in culture, and maybe I think even in the church people, some people were starting to maybe be influenced by this. Maybe God was dead, or at the very least sort of irrelevant, and that Christianity and the church were doomed. But then something happened. <laughs> A seed broke out. You can put up the next slide. Five years later, is God dead? 1966, 1971. The Jesus Revolution. The Jesus Revolution. See, it's like the seed just kind of broke forth. And something happened. There was a move of God that I, I wish I had time to talk about that impacted countless lives, including actually many in this room I know. Uh, and, and, and see, you just have to understand that within the seed of the kingdom of God is like this unstoppable force. When it lands on good, good soil, look out. I have a pastor friend, he says, all I need is one. All I need is one seed to land on good soil. That's all it takes. And then just like this exponential growth. It is amazing. It is absolutely amazing. So before we close, that's such a cool, by the way, that's such a cool image. 
But before we close, I'll just offer some brief application. So kind of for each point I want to offer, just kind of a word of application. So in light of the fact that kingdom growth starts small and, and that God's kingdom is at work in, in the small things, the first application, the first invitation is simply to, to notice and to rejoice. <laughs> to notice and, and to rejoice. As we've seen, God's kingdom has come, that it's on the move, but often, again, we, we simply don't have eyes to see because it starts in kind of these hidden ways that are kind of beneath the surface that we might not notice. And so I think one thing we need to do is sort of train ourselves to be observant in our practicing the way of Jesus groups. Actually, turns out this week we're doing an exercise on being alert to God's presence with us. It's been so good. Thank you, Carrie, for your talk on that the other night. Um, but one thing I, I found helpful is just to ask God because I realized, you know what? I'm not too good at this. <laughs> God, would you help me be aware of what you're even doing in my life in my family, in this church, in this city. And so I think just even inviting God into that, God, would you help me be aware and in tune with what you're doing? And, and that is such, such, an, such an amazing prayer that God will answer. So, so really the first application is just to ask him and to really to notice, to really notice. And, and then also when we notice those things, then to just rejoice, to, to really rejoice in the ways that God has worked, to not despise the day of small beginnings, as the prophet said. But but the, so that's the first application. Ben, why don't you come on up? And so the second application is this. Not the fact that kingdom growth is, is gradual. Uh, we need to keep pressing on. We need to keep pressing on to not grow weary, to not be discouraged, uh, even when things uh, aren't going as, as, as fast as we would like. Uh, so for example, uh, I'll just share a story on this. So um, uh, this past year, my, my wife and I, Ansley, we, we got to know a couple who, who started a church in Ireland some years ago. And uh, they're just kind of sharing their lives with us. And they shared that, you know, they started with small beginnings. They just smart them and just a few people in uh, a living room. And, and uh, we're getting some fresh photos for our website. That's what's going on. So <laughs> the paparazzi now. This is my amazing niece, Cameron. Love you, Cam. And so... Um, Anyway, so my friends, uh, they, they, they started this church in, in Ireland, just humble, small beginnings in their living room, and uh, just a few people, and, and they shared with us that like five years went by, and they only saw one person come to faith in Jesus Christ. Only one person. So you can imagine just as people who are pouring their lives out, or like how discouraging that would be, how tempting it would be just to give up and be like, what is this? But they kept pressing on. They kept pressing on. Just to fast forward, so um, they shared that, that when they left Ireland, because God called them to come to the States, but when they left Ireland, they were seeing 1,500 people come to faith each year on the streets. On the streets. Just completely overwhelmed their ability to even disciple all these people. And so for me, that's just this beautiful story of, hey, don't despise the small beginnings and don't lose heart. Don't give up so quickly that, that God is actually at work in these humble, these gradual ways. And if we'll just stay with him, then in his way, in his timing, look, this looks different in different ways, but that, that his kingdom will break forth in us, through us, around us. So, so encouraging. So wherever you are, just say, hang in there, keep pressing in, be faithful in the little things, and he'll take care of the rest. He really will. We can trust him with that. And just the final application, a lot of the potential, uh, the, the, the power of this kingdom see that we are called to wait with anticipation. Again, it can be so easy to give into hopelessness, to give into despair, but we are called to wait with anticipation. The kingdom has come, it is advancing, so we're just called to wait with eager anticipation. Now, now waiting in the Bible, that doesn't mean passive, like I'm just, hey, I'm just kind of waiting around. 
it actually means more like an act of like, actually, I'm, 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 I'm just, I'm trusting and I'm knowing that I, I can't make it happen, that only God can, but also that I'm going to lean into prayer and I'm going to lean into God through that. So that's really the invitation, really, for us to notice and rejoice, for us to keep pressing on, and really for us to uh, really wait with eager anticipation. So uh, that's really the call. So let's, let's pray together. Let's pray together. So Lord, we, we thank you, Jesus, um, that you're among us, that you brought the kingdom and that we're invited to enter in. And if there's anyone here, God, who's never entered your kingdom, who's never entered into a relationship with you, God, I pray that, um, that you would just, uh, just touch their hearts today, God, that they would know that you love them so much, God. And if that's where you are today, I just want to give an opportunity to respond. And uh, you could just say, Lord Jesus, I, I want to know you. <laughs> I want to follow you. I want to live in your kingdom. It can be as simple as that. So Lord Jesus, I want to know you. I want to follow you. I want to live in your kingdom. But for all of us today, God, I pray, Lord, that you just give us fresh grace to keep pressing on, to lean into you, to have expectation, and just to steward well the seeds you've sown in our lives, God. Amen. In a moment, we're going to come to the table and we're going to celebrate communion together. Before we do, uh, we're just going to take a moment to confess our sins to the Lord and just to prepare our hearts for the table that we might come forward with joy in our hearts and his mercy in our lives. So let's just take a moment. You might just want to ask God if there's anything particular he'd have you confess to him. Then just you can just share that with him and ask for his forgiveness and mercy. Then we'll come to the table.